When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. City Discount Tyres. Buy three, get one free on the popular Falcon Wild Peak AT3W All-Terrain Tyre. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. 3W All-Terrain Tyre. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Oh, yes, good to have your company this morning. Collingwood back on the winner's list over the Cats last night, but it comes at a cost. A few more injury worries, but mainly Darcy Moore, Bryce Gibbs, as I say. Good morning to you, and uh, what a hot game that was last night. Good morning, Tom. Good morning <laughs> to everyone listening this morning on looks like a bit of a gloomy, wet, colder winter day today, Tom. Yes, and if we can explain the view from out the front of our studio, we've got three men on a scissor lift and uh, the, the lift is sort of raising them up and, and their crotch level is directly <laughs> correlated with your eyeballs, Bryce. Yeah, it's not ideal. <clears throat> I don't know where to look. For our fans that come down each and every Saturday morning to yeah. stand outside the window and listen and watch us do our thing here on uh, our Saturdays in SA show are quite frustrated because it's... They're blocking uh, the view. ...roped off. You can't sort of walk down King Will at the moment with some uh, cosmetics going onto the building, but that's okay. We'll push on and we'll survive. Yeah. Yeah, the Pies were back, obviously. A couple of disappointing weeks. Tom losing to Carlton Mm. and Hawthorne last week. So what good sides do, they bounce back. They were a couple of important men down, obviously, Nick Dacos last week and then, yeah, losing their skipper, Darcy Moore, mm. to a hamstring injury. He said post-game that uh, it was a little bit of a, a little bit of tightness. Yeah. But the vision showed it looked a little bit more serious than that. So it would be interesting mm. to see what uh, the scan comes back. You'd think he'd miss a couple of weeks. He's uh, too important for them. With the, that win last night, it assures them, obviously, a top two spot. They should yeah. be all right to finish uh, minor premiers, top of the ladder, uh, and they just need to get through the next couple of weeks unscathed and get a, a couple of troops back leading into the final series. Yeah, and uh, Josh Dacos showing why he is uh, not to be ignored as far as the Dacos name goes. He had a fantastic game, 38 touches, 124 AFL fantasy points, if you don't mind, Gibber. And... I remember a time when Josh Dacos was sort of in and out of the side and, and not uh, destined, not guaranteed to have success. And now you can't think of uh, Collingwood's side without him and, and they've signed him over until 2029, I believe. Well, you'd think the two of the, the brothers would be a just a package deal <laughs> going forward, Tom. Yep. You can't have one without the, the other. But, I mean, he's been a star this year. And as mm. you, you mentioned his, his earlier career, that's just a young kid trying to learn the, the professionalism of, of being an AFL footballer and, and working out what it takes to, to be consistent at the level. He'll be an yep. All-Australian wingman this year, you would think. Uh, and he had uh, yeah, career-high numbers last week, as, as you mentioned, career-high disposals. Had plenty of metres gained, and he, he just owned that, that wing. They, they just didn't pay him a lot of respect. Mm. And he, uh, he uses the ball so well when he's having 30-plus touches – 
majority of them are, are hitting targets and, and turning into score involvement. So he was fantastic. But it, it was it was just up the uh, they got back in the game off their pressure. The Cats started pretty well. Yeah. I think they got up to you know twenty twenty four points up at one stage. Geelong and looked like they were doing it pretty comfortably. But uh, they made a few adjustments. The Pies and, and it was all. They got back in the game off their pressure. Their, their pressure around the contest and, and to harass the the Geelong players, to tip the ball over, then to, to go back and score the other way was what we've seen them do earlier mm. in the year. Probably lacked that in that space over the last couple of weeks. But uh, in that second half especially, that's where the game was turned and, and they, they got the game back on their terms. Yeah, well, let's hear from both the coaches because firstly, Craig McRae spoke about the importance of the Pies' pressure. We spoke about it pre-game, about, um, you know, Friday night footy is lots of people watching and we want everyone to see how good our pressure is. And, um, yeah, that was the focus all week, get back to what we do. And, um, yeah, I thought for most of the night, I think pressure was over too for most of the night. Last quarter was slightly down on that. But, um, yeah, I think we re-established that uh, we're one of the best pressure teams in the comp. Yeah, so Collingwood back on the board with uh, an immense amount of pressure. Big ramifications for how the top eight is kind of shaping up for Geelong, they're not a guarantee to even make it now. And uh, Chris Scott had his word about where the game was won and lost last night. Obviously, early in the third quarter was, I, I thought, a bigger problem than the, the last part of the second quarter. Um, yeah, but other than that, Patch thought we gave ourselves you know, more than enough chances um, to, to win the game. You know, it was the, the disappointing part was... You know, just some of the fundamental errors that we made, and there are some things that you can't do against Collingwood um, that we did that gave them easy goals. And again, even in the last quarter, I think the entries were 19-5 or something similar, and we got the shots. And um, you know, guys you'd normally expect to knock them over missed, and they're always frustrating nights when you're playing good teams and you feel like you've had enough chances to win the game. Yeah, so Geelong sitting in ninth position on points outside the eight below GWS. So it shows the, the ramifications that are ahead, particularly for Port Adelaide and their game against the Giants. And the Cats could be helping Adelaide out as well if Adelaide were to get the miraculous win against the Lions today. Yeah, well, Port Adelaide are still going to play finals sort of no matter where they finish up in the next couple of weeks. But mm. as, you, as you mentioned, Geelong, that was, they probably needed to win two of the last three to, to nearly guarantee them that, that yeah. spot in the final series. Now they're going to have to probably win the last two. And there's still a, a, a pretty good side. that They'll back mm. themselves into it. They play St Kilda at Marvel Stadium next week and then play the Bulldogs yeah. down at GMHBA Stadium. So, I mean, certainly those two games are winnable mm. for them, but at the same time... You know, St Kilda can be tough on their day. We know how uh, defensive-minded they can be in, in a Ross Lyon coach side. And then mm. the Bulldogs, obviously, they're hitting some form at the right time of the year as well. We know when they get their kamikaze surge mentality type of, of game up and running too, they can be hard to stop. So if they lose one of the next two games, I think that's done and dusted for uh, the, the reigning premiers to defend their title. Yeah, and it's not the first time a reigning Premier has uh, bounced straight back out of the eight the following season. Hey, everyone's got Matildas fever right now, including uh, you and me, Bryce. And the Carlton Football Club has confirmed that the Matildas quarterfinal clash against France will be streamed live for fans attending the MCG tonight. So um, that's good and fair. I think there will be a lot of families, particularly families with daughters, gathering around the TV tonight with 
a beer or two, having a barbecue, possibly one of the biggest events in recent memory in Australian sport we're about to see. Yeah, it's fantastic, Tom. And I think the Sydney Swans uh, are doing the same thing at the SCG post their game against the Gold Coast. So, I mean, history would say that you you don't look after other codes, especially (laughs) in this space. It's sort of a bit of a a battle for, you know, who's number one in in the country and you you can't let any other codes have their their time in the sun. But this, this is fantastic. This is so good to see. So uh, the Carlton Melbourne supporters can sit at the MCG while they're waiting for the the game to start and and watch the Matildas play on the big screen. I I think it's fantastic and Mm. this this sort of stuff should uh, happen more often. Yeah, let us know... on what's that text number, Bryce? Oh four two seven one five four one double six. Let us know where you're going to be soaking in that game tonight, and also let us know. I wanted to get your thoughts, Bryce, and our lovely listeners on who is the unsung player from your side because we're getting to the pointy end of the season. We're seeing a lot of you know the Josh Dacos types getting their well-deserved plaudits, but I'm fascinated by the unsung players who have kind of had a breakthrough this year. So as an example, Connor Iden, he plays for the GWS Giants. He's a mid-sized back and his physique is that prototype sort of 193 centimetres and he's become an important cog in the Giants' back line. Possibly Dylan Williams for Port Adelaide. You know, he was a high draft pick a little while ago, but almost on the scrap heap. He now looks like he belongs at the level. Uh, Isaac Quaino, another one, unsung. He's Collingwood's pocket rocket, and he never makes a mistake. So we'd like to hear your unsung heroes throughout the show today uh, on 0427-154-166, or you could give us a call. But Bryce... Uh, a fascinating space, the unsung heroes. Oh, there is, and there's guys that you unexpectedly uh, come on in a season, and for whatever reason, sometimes it's just opportunity, Tom. Yeah. They, your team gets a couple of injuries, and they have to throw the magnets around a little bit, and, and someone gets an opportunity that comes out and surprises uh, their team and, and their fans as well. So mm. yeah, there's certainly uh, players littered through the competition in every side that have probably over exceeded some expectations and it's and it's great to see that there's plenty through the the crow side and the port side uh, this year um, mm. and we can talk about them as the show goes on yeah and it's kind of like a handing of the baton almost it happens every year when players like trent cochin and uh, jack zebel hit the retirement button and we see these new uh, youngins coming through the AFL has an innate ability to renew itself. And I want to ask you about that in Tell Me Bryce just after this today. Uh, delve into sort of what Cochin and Zebel can expect life after footy because it might be a, a little bit of a shock to the system, I'd say, going from every single day of your life being within the four walls of a football club and then deciding what you're going to do for a crust from there. Yes, Tom. Well, I'm not going to dive into it just now because no. we're not quite there yet. But, uh, yeah, there's been a lot of uh, retired yeah. players announced that uh, they'll be stepping away for the game. Some big names, as mm. you mentioned. Uh, Isaac Smith as well is another one. And, and we might see a few more in the coming weeks. Ben Cunnington plays his last game today for North Melbourne. It's a couple of champions yeah. of the game there that... Uh, we'll be sad to not see them running around next year, Tom. Yep. It's going to be a massive show up ahead. We're also talking to Adrian Stenter, Adelaide United's A-League women coach, to talk all things Matildas and how he sees that game playing out. We've got your comprehensive sports wrap from producer Jace. Tell me, Bryce, which is up next on... uh, 
on life post-football and uh, what those retirees could be looking at. And, of course, our big previews, big ramifications for our South Australian teams and a lot of teams around the AFL with this round. We're coming to you live from SENSA Studio Lumo at number one King William Street and powered by Lumo Energy SA. And City Discount Tyres, four-wheel drive tyre deals are on now. We're, of course... Open for your Saturday statements on 0427154166. What's front of mind for you? Or give us a call on 1300 736 736. It's currently quarter to nine. City Discount Tyres. Buy three, get one free on the popular Falcon Wild Peak AT3W all-terrain tyre. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Yeah, top of 14 degrees today. It's going to be a wintry one as we look ahead to the round ahead, Bryce Gibbs. And we were just talking unsung heroes as well from every side. Uh, I mentioned Connor Iden from GWS and uh, Mitch Hinges is another one for the Crows. But we've got a caller right now. John, you've called up about the unsung heroes? Yeah, yeah, just... Um saying about young John Noble, like he was picked up in a mid-year draft. He hasn't done nothing wrong. Yeah, he's a, he's an excellent no. choice, John, because he's uh, game in, game out, he's just so reliable with that back there in the back line. Oh, he just gut runs all, uh, more or less all, all day. He takes them on and uh, he's beat some really uh, high draft picks and all that. So, no, I just think he's... Uh, his efforts were really good. Yeah, and the umpiring fair. last night that was very ordinary. Oh yeah, you reckon the umpiring no good? Two goals. Hey, yeah, umpiring no good last night, John. Well, I'm not an umpire basher, but it seems like I am. But those two <laughs> goals they give Cameron last night, like he was a meter outside, one goal, and then the other one, his teammate handballing to him while he was out of bounds, like as far as I'm concerned, the ball's dead once it goes over there. Mm. Oh, fair enough, John. Uh, obviously, a wild Collingwood supporter there. And John, buddy, he gives a good shout there for uh, John Noble. Yeah, he does. And as you mentioned, he was a mid-season pickup from West Adelaide here in the Sandful, and he's gone on to carve out a, a pretty good career yeah. so far. I think he's just recently signed a, a contract extension this year. I hope I got that right. Mm. But uh, they, they seem to love the ball in his hands too. He obviously does a, a shutdown role on, on one of the small forwards and then uses his uh, leg speed and, and good ball use off the half-back line. So the, yeah. the Pies, he's a lock in, in their, their side. Don't worry about that. Handy player, David Noble's son, I believe. Uh, keep your texts coming through on 0427 154 166. This one, uh, Smithers, is the, his nomination as an unsung hero. And morning, Bryce. EPL back tonight. YNWA. How's those decisions last night? Kick a goal from... Row one AFL have lost it. What does that all mean? So, yeah, Smithers, <laughs> um, you'll never walk on. Obviously, the EPL started last yeah. night. Uh, we'll uh, touch on that a little bit later in the sports update. Yeah. Um, so it's a, a Liverpool gesture there, Tom. Okay. So uh, it's good to have the EPL back. And he's referring to the Jeremy Cameron goal where right. Stengel gave it to him. John, uh, our caller, just mentioned it as well. Yeah. But, uh, I think everyone was surprised that he was allowed to receive the ball outside the boundary line without yes. getting called back for a boundary throw-in because Stengel sort of handballed it behind him. 
yeah. at, at the at the time. So, it, I mean, it was an amazing goal. Uh, don't get me wrong. Yeah. Maybe the, the goal umpire or the, the field umpire was just caught up in how good the goal was and actually forgot to... Just wanted to give it. For, forgot to pay the free kick because he was out of bounds when he received the ball, Tom. One, yeah. One the umpire would like to have back, I reckon. Yeah, I did see that. That was quite blatantly over the line. Hey, it's time for this. Tell me price, tell me sweet little price. Pretty sick of talking about it, to be honest. Tell me Bryce. Yes, tell me Bryce. Well, we dive into the the chasms and the wrinkles inside Bryce Gibbs's mind chasms. about uh, the chasms. <laughs> there, there are some chasms throughout. I've found, but we want to have a look at career post footy because obviously Trent Cotchin and uh, Jack Zebel uh, hanging up the boots this week, among others. But I wanted to get your thoughts, Bryce, on, on what it's like when uh, you finally came to the end and. What, what is your next move? What are you thinking to do? And, and how do you tolerate a nine to five? It's a, <laughs> it's a great question, Tom. And I mean, everyone's different. Uh, guys retire or, or finish up in the AFL system mm. at, at different stages. The, the guys you just mentioned have had long uh, and successful AFL careers, have got uh, a bit of a profile and, and have had time to, to do things away from footy as well. That's mm. probably one thing to, to start with that, the clubs, the, the AFLPA, uh, they have player development managers in every club as well that work with the players to work on uh, things away from football, uh, think, work on their well-being and, and mm. those sort of things as well. So, you know, it's important to, to stay engaged in, in other spaces while you're playing footy. It, it does make it hard in terms of if you're if you want to do study or mm. you know, some, some part-time work in terms of getting an apprenticeship or something, you, you can do those things, but obviously at, uh, at a part-time part-time level. So it does take a little bit longer than the norm, but guys are, are pretty pretty smart these days. They're pretty yeah. diligent in, in terms of ticking off um, a degree in, in something or, you know, doing a day work experience here or there throughout the year to to prepare for, for life after footy because not all players can have a, a long, successful career like a Trent Cotchin or, or a mm. Jack Zebel who, you know, will probably step out of the game, you know, in a really good financial position. Um, mm. have made a lot of good contacts through the footy club over the journey um, and, and having a profile too certainly makes it uh, a little bit uh, easier to, to step into the media or yeah. if they want to continue coaching, whatever it may be. So, um it can come a little bit easier to those guys, but uh, can be a little bit harder for guys that only come into the system for for two or three years and mm. uh, are trying to establish themselves as a as a, a regular player in the senior side. Sometimes it doesn't work out. Sometimes injuries uh, affect that as well, and and it can be harder for those those younger guys to to step back out into the the real world and um, you know land on their feet. So I, I know the AFLPA do a lot of work in that mm. space to to make the transition for players. Uh, as best and as easy as possible. Um, but th there was a, a few things that made me feel comfortable stepping out of, of the AFL world, Tom. And yeah. um, I remember having a, a catch up with Luke Sayers, who's now the, the Carlton, yeah. um, the president. Uh, he wasn't the president at the time, but I was sort of, I had a coffee with him to talk about life after footy and, and what it might look like. And, and he sort of reiterated to me that, you know, he, he would, he would offer me a job in his business off the back of uh, there's a lot of transferable skills that you actually do have that you don't know. And I was like, Correct. What, what do you mean? He goes, well, you know, we hire people can be really smart in what they do, that they can be really um, 
educated in, in a particular field, but some some of them can't hold conversations with people. Mm. They're not great working in a team, but uh, the skills you've built up being in, in an elite environment, you've been in leadership groups, you've obviously, there's a bit of resilience that comes with that, mm. with with the scrutiny, with your performance and, and how you deal with that. Um, uh, I mentioned communication, obviously being out on the field, Direct. working un under high pressure. Uh, mm. So we said some of these skills, you actually can't teach that to people. You, or, or it's hard to, to teach people. So he goes, you'd get a, a, um, a job in my business just off the back of that and we can teach you the, the, yeah. the other parts along the way. So yeah. to, to hear something like that gave me a bit of reassurance that, oh, you know, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be able to get a job and <laughs> yeah. um, things things will be able to pay out. But I suppose it's, it's trying to find something that you're really passionate about. Um, I've stepped out of the system and stayed in footy, obviously working at the South Adelaide Footy mm. Club in player development, uh, which is which is something that I really enjoyed in the back end of my, my AFL career. To, so to step out and to do something that, uh, that I was really comfortable with and know quite well, certainly made that transition easier. But, Did you um, throughout your career do any courses or any, you know, I know a lot of guys do an MBA or business courses to sort of dip your toe in the water. Yeah, there was a bit of a running gag at one stage. I tried everything, but never could stick. Okay. So I, I did, I started a carpentry apprenticeship right. one year, lasted uh, only about six months. I decided the, the cold wintry days out in uh, Caroline Gee, Springs. Jesus was a carpenter, I think. Wasn't, uh, wasn't for me. Um, did I've done a whole heap of short courses in things. Uh, I started a clothing label for a few years. Yes, so that famous one. What was the, it called uh, again? Touche. Touche. clothing. Touche. I wonder if there's a, there's still a bit of merch out there getting rocked yep. by a few people, which is good. And <laughs> I, uh, I only recently finished uh, a business degree. Um, right. Finished uh, last semester actually. So is that at a university or TAFE? That or was at uni, yeah. Just wow. online. I Chipped know. away at it for uh, a few years, uh, the back end of my career. Whether I use it or not, not sure. But it was, <laughs> it was like I said, guys prepare themselves for, for yeah. life after footy. And if that was going to, you know, help me potentially get a, a job in, in a field, um, just adding a few strings to your bow, that was uh, something that I wanted to do. Yep. And the other one for, me, for mine is obviously the money playing in AFL is a little bit different from a nine to five, but uh, you were able to cushion the blow uh, <laughs> yeah. going into the real world. You, you had a little bit of assistance that sort of carried over a bit. Yeah, it was nice. And as I mentioned before, guys that be that have been in the system for, for a while, you know, they've got player managers and, yeah. and they Hopefully they're, they're set up well uh, in that space once they leave the game because it is a little bit of a shot going from uh, what's what's a, quite a nice uh, <laughs> monthly income to to uh, you know stepping it back into the real world and and earning um, you know a nine to five paycheck. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I was I was getting paid by the crows <laughs> my first year out of the system. Obviously, still had a year to go on my contract, which we uh, which we cut a deal for. So yeah, nice. Was, uh, Nice to be uh, getting paid by the crows to run around the sandful against them. Yeah, that was uh, that's a nice little <laughs> bit of a carryover cash. And uh, the one I wanted to ask before we go to a break is, you know, some workplaces pay you monthly, some fortnightly. In the football industry, are you paid monthly or fortnightly? Or? Uh, it's monthly in the, yeah. in the AFL bubble, yep. Yeah, okay, cool. So a little bit to learn probably when you first come into the system and you get a month pay. I know when I was first paid a month at a time, I would blow it within the first week and then be starving for the remaining three. 
Oh, some some people live little like slow. that, Tom. That's yeah. all right. That's little okay. slow to learn. That's today's edition of Tell Me Bryce. Still plenty to come in the show, Bryce Gibbs. We're going to do a time capsule. People have been texting in and requesting we do another one. So we've done 2007, 2008, 2009. We're up to the year 2010, which was a fascinating year. Of course, there was the drawn grand final. And we're going to touch on all things culture. Also still to come, a massive question time edition. And we're going to preview Adelaide and Port Adelaide's games. It's currently one minute past 10, past nine, sorry. Time for the news. City Discount Tyres. Buy three, get one free on the popular Falcon Wildpeak AT3W All-Terrain Tyre. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Top of the morning to you. It's a top of 14 degrees today with some scattered showers. Possible, well, I'm not even going to say possible because it says 100% on the screen. Chance of thunderstorms. So uh, an exciting, you know, wet weather day to sit inside and watch the Matildas do their thing later on. Um, We love to delve back in time and get a little bit nostalgic. And so do our listeners. They've been writing in asking when's the next time capsule we've done 07 08 09 and today it's time for 2010 whoa whoa jace can you still hear me what she <laughs> whiz blew the top meat off that was uh, a little louder than anticipated but yeah so we're going back to uh 2010 and it was a year when this song was at the top of the charts from this Australian artist, and I'm going to have you guess which artist it is, Bryce Gibbs. Anyone come to mind? Yeah, the temper trap, Tom. Yeah. Yeah. Good track. They were a great export from Australia as well because they um, did quite well in America. A few hits from that um, album... The biggest song, though, of the year was apparently this one, Americana. Yolanda Be Cool. You get down with a bit of Yolanda Be Cool, Jace. Give it Be Cool. Um, Temper Trap, didn't they play at an AFL Grand Final? Yeah, they did. I think they came back for a recent AFL Grand mm. Final. Uh, Yolanda Be Cool. That was, I remember watching a telecast in 2010 and Adam Cooney's uh, pre-game soundtrack was that one. Yolanda Be Cool. Um, Americana. Don't Sounds speak Americana. Very Adam Cooney, doesn't um, it? Yeah. But otherwise, in regards to 2010, as far as pop culture, it's actually a pretty dry year. There was the Haiti earthquake, which was um, a horrible event. Sachin Tendulkar became the first player to score a double century in one-day cricket which uh, is probably a little bit redundant now because nobody's watching One Day. And uh, Prince William and Kate got engaged and then married. And Sandra Bullock's marriage to Jesse James was rocked by affair claims shortly after her Oscars win. But, Jace, you're across all things uh, sport overall. What, tell us what happened in 2010. Well, I don't know. You're encroaching on my territory there with that. <laughs> Sachin Tendulkar is this so need to back off. Yeah, yeah. Uh, while we're on the uh, theme of cricket, with that, yep. um, the Australians made the final of the T Twenty World Cup in 2010 in the Caribbean and lost to the Poms. It was the oh. English's first ever World Cup final victory in any format. 
Really? Yeah. So in anything? Yeah, they'd lost okay. several uh, one-day international finals up until that point, but that yeah. was their first ever win in a final. Um, in the American sports, New Orleans won the Super Bowl. The Lakers, led by Kobe Bryant, won the NBA, of course. Um, Rafael Nadal overtook Roger Federer during the year in tennis. He won the French Open, Wimbledon, and the US Open. Federer won the Australian Open to start the year. Federer mm. uh, and Nadal finished the year at number one. Uh, it was a Commonwealth Games year. Australia went to Delhi in India and came home with a record 74 gold medals, if you don't mind. Yes, that was a big year for that. It was. The Socceroos played in the World Cup that year, you may remember, mm-hmm. in South Africa. And unfortunately, it was the first game of the tournament that the Socceroos were undone by Germany that we lost 4 0. We ended up beating Serbia. And uh, Drew Whittick didn't get out of the group in the end, yep. unfortunately. So a big year for the Socceroos. So you think won the Melbourne Cup. Israel Folau, big mm. story in sport. Oh, I remember this. Signed a $4 million contract over four years to leave the NRL and play with GWS. What about that wasn't, for a bit of bank wasn't money? Wasn't that a success? Now, there is a caveat to that. Bryce and Jace, there is a fascinating documentary about Izzy Folau on the ABC. Uh, You can look at it on iView and it's about that whole journey and then he sort of descended down this weird rabbit hole of uh, heavy, heavy religion, anti sort of gay sentiment stuff and uh, and then he's, he's gone from being, you know, Australia's most notable rugby star descending down to sort of playing at the lower levels. So it's light watching then, that's what you're getting at. Yeah, yeah, uh, just, just a breeze. Just something to gather around with the family and have a look at. That's yeah, it, yeah. No, no heavy hitting issues there. <laughs> uh, it was a Winter <laughs> Olympic year as well and Tora Bright won uh, a gold medal for Australia doing the double twisting oh, somersault yeah. thing in the air over the moguls or whatever, I, I don't know. You ever attempted um, that, Jace? Yeah, yeah, I, I, every weekend. Um, <laughs> and, but the biggest sports story of the year was in the NRL actually and it was... The Melbourne Storm, of course, this was the year that their salary cap breaches broke Mm. and they were stripped of two premierships in that year. Ironically, they're in trouble again because they just had a reunion for one of them. Um, Mm. And the NRL were not very pleased that they were acknowledging a premiership that they'd been stripped of. So um, interesting stuff there. Of course, in the AFL world, not only was Izzy Falau a big story, but there was the very last ever drawn grand final. Bryce Gibbs, I'll throw it over to you. It certainly was. It was the Cult, oh, the Carlton, the Collingwood St Kilda <laughs> match. The infamous Milne, uh, the ball bounce could have yeah. gone oh. through as a goal. It didn't. Uh, Collingwood yeah. nine four sixty eight uh, drew with St Kilda ten eight sixty eight. Here we go. Clear ball here and kick it along and hard. Goddard the tap. Del Santo, it's going to be a draw. It's unbelievable. But it's happened. Now, is this the, this the one where Heath Shaw snuck up on Nick Rewalt like a librarian? That was the following <laughs> week, Tom. So right. Lenny Hayes was named Norm Smith in the, in the first drawn grand final. They had mm. to come back the next week and do it all again where Collingwood absolutely pumped him. Uh, 16-12, 108, defeated St Kilda, 7-10-52. Uh, and Scott Penderbury was named uh, the Norm Smith in that game as well. Uh, other notable football 
related thing in 2010. <laughs> uh, yep. My... Teammate Chris Judd won yes. the Brownlow medal, sitting next to him on the table actually that yes. night. So was that was that a, a very exciting count for us. Was it 09 when, when Fev went off the rails or 2010? I think it was 09. Yeah, okay. Yep. So this yep. was a little little more held together. This was good. This and we, we knew he was going to win it when I think he, he got three votes against Collingwood. We yeah. actually lost by 50 or 60 points that day and, and he polled three votes. And Incredible. Everyone was like, oh. That usually doesn't happen, so we might be on a winning winning table here, which was really good. Was mm. that uh, correct me if I'm wrong here? But was that the Brownlow year that Gary Ablett was like unbackable favourite to win? I think Ablett might have polled yes. 26, 27 votes, and Judd went past him yeah, on that got, on the back of that game. Got stiff on uh, on a couple of couple of games, I reckon. Gather yeah. there, yeah, yeah. Because to many, I remember Judd was sort of a surprise winner. He still had a very good year. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Come, no won the won the BNF obviously by a mile. A uh, couple of other awards. Dan Hanbury won the Rising Star in his first year. Jack Rewalt kicked uh, the most goals and won the Coleman mm. with seventy eight goals. Thirteen years ago. West Coast finished bottom. So there's a wow. Ooh, a bit of in that. bit of synergy there. But a bit of synergy. Ten there. year cycle. Yep. For sure. Uh, Dane Swan won the Lee Matthews Trophy, voted by his peers for Collingwood, being the most valuable player. Uh, and a couple of notes from our home teams. Mark Williams finished up as port coach. Uh, Matty Primus yep. took over. Our SEN's Kane Corns won the John Cahill medal that year. And Richie Douglas won the Malcolm Blight medal for Adelaide in that yeah. year as well. From memory, wasn't a good year for Adelaide at all in 2010 because... Uh, Richie Douglas did play a good year, but uh, as a team, it wasn't a good finish for the Crows, Jace. Where did they finish? No. They finished 11th in 11. 2010, and yep. Port finished in 10th. So, yeah, not a, not a great year. Not a successful year for our SA sides. There you have it. That's our 2010 time capsule, and we'll keep these going. We'll delve into 2011 in a fortnight from now and keep taking that nostalgic path back, Producer Jace. I look forward to it. Thank you for having me in. I'll uh, get back to where I belong, at least for now. Yes, we're putting him back in the dungeon and taking your calls on 0427 144 Bryce Gibbs? Uh, I'm not sh- quite sure that's right, Tom. <laughs> but uh, you can text us on 0427 144 talking about unsung heroes that's in, right. in your team. Who's surprised you this year? Who's keeping... The, the team together like the glue uh, yeah. and who's who's really impressed you. So send them through. Yes, and before we get to a break, one of the unsung heroes, we believe, is uh, Mitch Hinge. And Daniel Hoyne from Champion Data gave a very fascinating stat on him this week. But what this guy is actually doing at the moment is so significant and his role behind the ball, especially with what Adelaide have got from an injury perspective mm. at the moment, has been elevated. So over the last six weeks, we've lauded Sam Taylor. Yep. Sam Taylor's had 72 intercept possessions in, in six weeks, which, you know, which is just ridiculous. The third best interceptor in the game is Darcy Moore, who's, who's had 57 intercept possessions over a six-week period. We've lauded what Darcy Moore's done mm. as well. In between those two is this bloke, Mitch Hinge, who's had 61 intercept possessions. Mm. And importantly, 54 points have been generated for um for Adelaide off the back of what he's done from an intercept perspective, which only you know, only Sam Taylor um has, has generated more. Fascinating that one on Mitch Hinge. I dare say Brisbane would uh, use him quite well with Daniel Rich kind of aging on. They could have used Mitch Hinge if they kept him on the list. He's been 
uh, a star this year. Mm. I remember calling the game last week and just he, the way he sets up behind the ball, he's, he's growing in confidence in that space. And uh, as, as Hoyne said, just taking intercept possession after intercept possession, he's becoming a, a very good player for the Adelaide Footy Club. Yeah, and he's hard at it as well, producer Jace. Yeah, he is. Can I give you a quick one, uh, a nomination for Port Adelaide? Yes. Um, and a lot of people would say Willem Drew and I would understand that. But I'm going to give you one a, a little bit outside the box. He's maligned at Port Adelaide. Darcy Byrne-Jones, uh, since he's oh, been yep. thrown forward into that pressure forward role. Mm. I think he's been outstanding for Port Adelaide. And um, there are a lot of supporters calling for his head. Mm. Uh, former best and fairest winner at that club. I think he's, to be able to reinvent yourself as a pressure forward and the way he's been able to do it in what has been a tough year for their forward line has been outstanding. Yes, he's done very well. Nice addition there, producer Jace. It's quarter past nine. We've got to get to a break because after this, we've got question time and I've got some absolute crackers for you, Bryce Gibbs. 15 minutes past nine, top of 14 degrees today, a few scattered showers. City Discount Tyres. Buy three, get one free on the popular Falcon Wildpeak AT3W All-Terrain Tyre. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Yeah, it's a huge weekend in sport coming your way and you can catch it all on the SEN app. Just uh, jump on there and have a peruse, whether it's the Crows-Brisbane game or the Matildas later on in their landmark final, uh, in the quarterfinals against France. Bryce, how do you see that one playing out? Really excited, Tom, and very very sad that I'll be actually running around the football field myself. So that is sad. Won't be able to watch it live, but uh, hopefully the, oh, might be able to get a bit of the second half in if we uh, yeah. finish up a little bit earlier than expected. Hopefully yeah. it's a low-scoring game, not much time on. Today. Yes, as the uh, sizzle lift right in front of our studio comes back into view and presents uh, all the workmen's crotches to your face, Braskin. That's <laughs> quite a view we're getting. Hey, it's uh, time for this. I asked the Prime Minister, if you are so confident about your view of fight back, why won't you call an early election? The The answer is, mate, mate, because I want to do you slowly. Yeah, question time. It's my turn to grill you this week, so let's get it underway. The word on Sam Kerr is that they need to ease her back. We're not playing a full game, and that she'll be good for about 50 minutes. That's five zero minutes of game time. If that's true, would you be bringing her on at the very start to get things going for the side or in the second half so that the French are kind of worried about what's still to come and providing a stronger finish for the Matildas? Yeah, it's, uh, it's a good debate, mm. isn't it? And we know how important she is, and it was so exciting to see her come on late in the game. Uh, late in our last game, I, I would start her on the bench again. I, I think yeah, would that, you? That dynamic works, and and what it has done, it's it's given other other girls opportunity to to mm. thrive and and shine, and they've played really good with without her in the mix. So I would I would start her on the pine again and save her for the the back half of the game if if we're able to score early and and hold hold uh, the French at bay, or mm. if they are the team to to score early, we know that. She's going to come on and, and provide a bit of spark and, mm. and her brilliance in and around the goal. So if, if it is 50 minutes, yeah, I'd, I'd keep her keep her on the pine to start with and, yep. and then bring her on and let okay. her zip around. But she, she looked like she moved well when she did come yeah. on. She had a couple of uh, couple of sprints and a couple of, couple of moments. So yep. it was good that she could come on, feel, 
feel the, the competition, mm. uh, get out there and feel the crowd. And um, I think she can have a, a big say in this one, Sam Kerr. Yeah, absolutely. And it's almost been a blessing in disguise where we've seen Australia so survive without her because the view coming into this tournament is Sam Kerr is Australia and, and she's basically, you know, our team. But the other girls stood up very nicely. Next question, Bryce. There was a time when Tom Cleary was a walk-up start into Port Adelaide's 22. He's been injured this year. And before that, though, he was kind of in and out of the side. Would a fresh start help Tom Cleary? And if so, where? Yeah, another good one, Tom. <laughs> Tom, oh, thank Tom you. Lyon, Tom Cleary. Look, I'm not, I'm not sure. Mm. I, I don't know if he does get back in into this side. And I don't know if he would suit anyone else. He's actually getting a bit older now, Tom. He's 29 years of age. Mm. Uh, I, I think he's coming out of contract. So whether they, they sign him just to be a, a bit of a backup, what do they do with Tom Jonas as well? Mm. We, we all know he's struggled to, to get in in this best 22. Um, Dylan Williams has come on, like you said, Aaliyah Aaliyah is the, the All-Australian uh, back there. Um, Trent McKenzie's been been really well obviously mm. holds his own as well just signed a contract extension so if they go after a, a Radigalia at the end of the the year which we think Port Adelaide might do mm. I don't see him being on the list anymore Tom so and and I'm not too sure someone will, will take him unless they're there's just looking to bolster up their their defensive stocks in that mm. area but um unfortunately for Tom he's uh his best footy might be uh, might be past him. Fascinating. Uh, Sydney could be a candidate because uh, with Paddy McCartan sort of going down and a few things they're unsure about with their key defensive stocks, he could be reinvigorated there. But it's hard to see anyone else who might pick him up, Bryce Gibbs. And next question. The Western Bulldogs' Bailey Williams is the latest player to be linked with the Crows this trade period. Can you tell our listeners what sort of player he is and – is he the sort of guy Adelaide would even need? So is it just every South Australian gets yeah, linked to the I Adelaide Crows? Yeah, I think that's Crows? how it is works. It, they go from one to the other. One yeah. signs a contract extension with their team. All right, who's next? Is yeah. that what happens? Or is it you just starting these rumours, Tom? No, no, I think that's just how they work. Uh, Brandon Zerk Thatcher is another one for Port and the Crows, apparently linked to him because, of course, Bryce, he's from South Australia and he's uncontracted. <laughs> so that's what we talk about. Now, Bailey Williams, uh, he's he's a pretty good player. He's... Uh, yeah. He, Grew up here, obviously, in South Australia. Glenelg boy. I mm. uh, went to Brighton High, where uh, where I went as well, Tom. So right. good uh, good pedigree from down that way. Uh, nice. He's he's nearly played 100 games for the Bulldogs. So he's 25 years of age, coming into the prime of his career. He's sort of half back, play a bit of wing, mm. shows a bit of run and dash, uses the ball well. Um, so for, for the Crows, would he fit into this Crows lineup? I mean, he'd be handy in any side, I think. Anyone yep. would look at him. But just with what the Crows are, are building at the moment uh, and some of the names they've got there, you know, Chase Jones has come on, mm. sort of playing that, that half-back role, wing role. Uh, we know Saligo is going to be uh, a star as well of the future. Max Michelini has it's been probably surprised everyone to see what yeah. he's done this year in his first year at half-back as well. You mentioned Mitch Hinge. Wayne Malira is back to, back to his best. Yeah getting the ball in his hands, using it well. So is he, he sort of plays a bit like those sort of guys that, that I've just mentioned. So would he just be another, yeah, another, another same guy. sort of player in this Crows lineup? Could 
could I'm not sure if he's got the capabilities of going to a half forward and, and mm. or playing through the midfield as an inside mid. Um, he hasn't sort of played those roles really at all in his career to date. So whether he's got that up in his kit bag, we're not sure. But, um, yeah, I just feel like the Crows have sort of got a few of those sort of players already who are mm. young, developing and, and starting to cement themselves in this Adelaide side. Superfluous to needs is uh, Bryce Gibbs' answer to that one. Now, Bryce, with the Brownlow count coming up, it's just around the corner. Did you ever look back over your season just in private and start sort of, you know, like people do with the ladder predictor, you kind of count which games you might have had votes in and how many votes you might tally for the year? Um, yeah. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, the, you do remember your, your good games yeah. for the year, Tom, and um, you have a bit of fun. The, I remember the nights we did have at the Brownlow, we would have a, a bit of fun with it and, and play a few games on the table during the night. So oh. it, can, it can go a bit long and it can be a little bit yeah. boring at times and, and obviously, um, you know, drinking responsibly as yes, well, Tom, yes. to, to the best of your ability. But uh, if you, you had a, a couple of votes get read out on the night, you mm. might have a, a couple have a of... Shot. Have a two-finger drink of your drink <laughs> and make a, make a bit oh. of a fun and fun of it. But um, what, What's a two-finger drink? Oh, like a two-finger Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I get you. Or your wine that you're drinking. But okay. on, um, on Brownlow night, they have... On each table, they have a, a, a big spreadsheet of about 20, 25 players or the top 25 players who they think will be in right. and around the mark. And it has every one of their games and it'd have like a little fire symbol next to it if they've okay. played a, a really good game yeah. or, you know, going cold in, in these games. Uh, so yeah. You can sort of get a bit of a picture on where guys are, have had good patches of the year or, or coming up for good games. So you'd always have a bit of fun yeah. with that as well, Tom. So you yeah. can sort of see where you, your good games were coming up yeah. and when they weren't. Okay, so the answer is yes. You would obsess <laughs> over which games well, got votes. The long answer is yes. <laughs> yeah, they do that with nicely with the telecast as well. They project ahead. There's always see where those games coming. guys play really well in and, and don't get any votes. And then yeah. some guys who might have had quieter games end up getting getting votes. So it's... It's all corrupt. It's all good fun. Yeah, yeah. It's still a midfielder's medal, that's for sure. Uh, Bryce, final question. When cooking your two-minute noodles, if you do, in fact, ever eat two-minute noodles, do you mix the flavouring in with the sort of hot water as you're doing it, or do you wait till you've drained the water and then put the flavouring on afterwards? No, I'm flavouring in the water. Yes. Yeah. Okay. You're one of the only sane people I've spoken to lately. Cook the noodles, pour the hot water. Water in boiling hot water. Yeah. Tip the flavour in as well. Let it yes. really just Soak the it noodles up. absorb the the flavour. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, then tip the water out and you're good to go. Yeah. It it, it allows that flavour to immerse throughout. Whereas uh, yeah, a lot of people I'm meeting are dumping that flavour just on top of the noodles once they're dry, which is, I think that's a bit much. Yeah, don't know about that. Great parenting hack as well, Bryce. If you've uh, run out of dinners for the little ones, you get some two minute noodles. Frozen peas and corn, just get them out of the freezer. Put it big so they're getting their veg as well. So piling in the frozen peas and corn into the boiling water along with the noodles. Two minute stir fry. Two minute stir fry, yeah. And and, uh, my little ones love it. It's a great uh, get out of jail (laughs) free card for me. Um, Bryce, we got to get to a break because after this, it's the news. And then we're talking all things World Cup and the Matildas. I'm excited. 
City Discount Tyres. Buy three, get one free on the popular Falcon Wildpeak AT3W all-terrain tyre. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Yes, I hope you're having a lovely morning, whatever you might be up to and wherever you may be venturing to watch this uh, Matilda's Clash. It will be a landmark in Australian sporting history. So we're going to talk about that next. We're going to go deep, in fact, Bryce Gibbs, with Adrian Stenter, who's the Adelaide United A-League women's coach, and he knows a thing or two about this entire tournament. We're going to talk with him in just a few minutes after the news. City Discount Tyres. Buy three, get one free on the popular Falcon Wildpeak AT3W all-terrain tyre. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Yeah, 4.30pm today. Lock it in. The Matildas are taking on the French in the quarterfinal of the World Cup. It seems the entire country has World Cup fever, Bryce, and we're all very excited, looking forward to it. And one man who I want to get the opinions and thoughts around this game, his name is Adrian Stenter. He's the Adelaide United A-League women's coach. Good morning, Adrian. How are you going? Yeah, I'm well, thanks. Good morning to you too, and thanks for having me on. Yeah, no, thanks for joining us. Um, firstly, Adrian, how are our girls, Adelaide United girls, tracking there? Uh, yeah, pretty well. We're, we're still in off-season mode. There's uh, players sort of scattered all around the, the country and even some overseas as well. So we'll, we'll get together not long after the Women's World Cup finishes and, and start our preparation for the, for the coming season, which kicks off in uh, mid-October. Yeah, nice. And uh, just casting our... Ooh, what sort of dog you got there? Is that your dog? Uh, it's not my dog. Oh. No, no, it's not my dog. So. <laughs> okay. Just interrupting you. Um, looking forward to tonight's game. There's a lot of conjecture around Sam Kerr and how she might be deployed. And the, the word is that she's probably got about 50 minutes of game time in her. How, how would you be using her tonight? Straight up or uh, bring her on as the game unfolds? Yeah, I think there's two really clear possibilities and options. One is to, to start her off and uh, see how long she lasts, or two is to use her as a game changer off the bench, uh, which I know that you know Tony Gustafsson likes to have those game changing options off the bench as well. So um, difficult decision for for him as a coach, but I think either way, I think you're going to get good value out of the, the minutes that Sam spends on the pitch. It's going to be an intriguing battle, Adrian. We obviously played him in a friendly uh, prior to the tournament. We beat him 1-0. How, can the girls take much confidence out of that or is it just everyone's getting a feel for trying to get some touch in those sort of warm-up games because we know that their, their star-studded lineup, they've got some uh, talent across all, all lines of the pitch. So can we take confidence out of that leading into, leading into this quarterfinal game? Yeah, I think you can. I think you can take confidence out of uh, you know all your performances leading into into big games, knowing that you have the ability you know to produce when it matters. So uh, I'd certainly be taking a lot of confidence from that. But uh, yeah, the challenge is going to be quite significant because as you, as you said, the, the French team is strong across the park. It's star started, and I was lucky enough to be able to watch them live here in Adelaide against Morocco, and and they were really impressive. Um, and didn't really you know break out of the second gear much so um, it's going to be tough mm. but it's going to be a great great quality game to watch from both sides 
you, you did mention they uh, that well they beat uh, Morocco four 0 here in Adelaide as as you said. Wh- where can we get them? Is it playing more of a, a, possess- a possession game to to try and not allow them opportunities to to score, or is it they're going to dominate possession and we're going to have to try and look to to score off the counter attack? Where where do you think we can score against this French side? Yeah, I think the second the second. Um, tactic you mentioned there. If you, if you look at the evolution of the Matildas team, probably over the last 12 months especially, they've become more of a, a 4-4-2 defensive unit that looks to, to break into the spaces left behind and, and counter-attack. And they've got some really quick and attacking dangerous players, the Matildas in the forward half. So I think that's the tactic that they'll, they'll stick with uh, and try and hurt France on the counter. Um, the positive note from Sam Kerr being out injured is it's put the spotlight on a few other Matildas who uh, haven't been in the bright lights quite as much and allowed Australia to appreciate the whole side. Who, for you, have you been really pleased with from the Aussie team this year? Uh, yeah, I think you can talk about a number of players across all of the lines. So probably defensively, Claire Hunt's really stood up. She's mm. a bit of a World Cup bolter, plays locally in the A-League women for, for Western Sydney. And she was nowhere uh, even six months ago in terms of the, the national team and uh, is a regular starter now and is playing really well. And then another player that's been playing in the A-League women over the last couple of seasons out at Brisbane, Katrina Gorry. She's been a uh, really dominant in, in midfield and, and played a great role there for the team. And then you've got, uh, you know, the attacking trio up front um, who've been really, you know, really fantastic as well in Caitlin Ford, who's, who plays out at Arsenal and Hayley mm. Razzo on the other side, who's the first Australian player ever, male or female, to be signed at Real Madrid. And then a youngster in Mary Fowler coming through who who began a professional career with us here in Adelaide as a 16-year-old. Yeah, Mary Fowler has looked excellent. Um, before we let you go, Adrian, who's your tip for tonight and uh, where are you going to be watching it? Uh, I'm actually going to be watching it at, uh, at home with my daughters and my wife and we've got a couple of friends coming around as well. So uh, looking forward to, uh, to watching it in the Stemper household. And, uh, yeah, my tip for tonight, uh, like how can you go past Australia <laughs> being a proud Aussie? And, uh, you know, I believe that they can, uh, can get the job done. Um, so, yeah, I'm putting, my, uh, I'm putting my hard earned behind the Aussies tonight. Yep, I like your thinking there, Adrian. And just one more before I let you go. We've seen um, the Carlton Football Club come out and say that they're going to be playing the Matildas game on the big screen at the MCG before their game kicks off. I think the Sydney Swans are doing the same thing at the SCG before they uh, post their game as well. Just a just a comment on other codes getting involved in and around the Matildas and and showcasing this this tournament because I reckon uh, in the past. Uh, the the competition between codes um, is, has been quite strong, but it's it's great to see all codes getting involved and, and cheering on the Matildas in this one. Yeah, I think it's fantastic. Uh, it just goes to show that how, how proud we are as a as a nation, as Australians, and we get behind our own and support them. And uh, I think the other thing, regardless of the code, and I'm obviously quite biased and passionate about you know football in this country, but um, I think it's a real um, you know, feather in the cap for women's sport as well, uh, regardless of the code. I think it just goes to show that, um, you know, there is support out there. And, uh, you know, these players, whatever code they're playing, these female professional athletes, they deserve our support because, you know, they're good quality athletes. And uh, if we can get behind them, 
um, hopefully that, that women's sport in this country continues to grow and, 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 and leaps and bounds. Yeah, it promises to be a, a landmark moment in Australian sporting history. Uh, Adrian Stenter, Adelaide United A-League women's coach, thank you for your time this morning. No problems. Thanks very much for, for having me on. That's uh, Adrian Stenter there with his thoughts around the game tonight. And uh, I'm just, I can't remember feeling this excited for women's sport in general. I'm just so fired up to watch this game, Bryce. Yeah, it's fantastic. And uh, I've been really proud of the whole country to mm. that have gotten behind the Matildas and they're showing up in numbers. I think they're smashing, you know, crowd records, yeah. Uh, you know, only a few games into this tournament. So obviously it's going to be a huge audience on TV as well. And, and everyone in the country will be uh, hoping they can, can get over the line and, and get through to the next round of this knockout stage. Yeah, 50,000, 60,000 people will be going absolutely berserk up there in Brisbane and a few pubs here in Adelaide as well. I'm hearing uh, people getting together all around the city to watch this one. Bryce, we're going to get to a break because up next it's a comprehensive sporting wrap and I want to ask you for your thoughts around a draft system that uh, looks a little bit more like a lottery, what they do in America and uh, see what you think about that so people aren't cheering for their team to lose at the end of the year, which is getting a bit weird. City Discount Tyres. Buy three, get one free on the popular Falcon Wild Peak AT3W All-Terrain Tyre. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Yes, good to have your company this morning. I hope you've got something well planned out for the Matildas game later on or if you're watching the Crows v Brisbane because they happen to be scheduled at the same time, which is a bit of a howler we've just discovered. But it's uh, 10 minutes to 10, top of 14 degrees today and possible thunderstorms later on in the day. Producer Jace has come in because it's time for this. This Saturday scoreboard. Good morning, Jace, again. Yes, uh, good morning again to you, Tommy. Uh, and good morning to, oh no, the, the, I was going to say the workers' crutches have moved on. Yeah, no, so. they've, uh, they've allowed us to see what's actually in front of our building, which is a, a metal cage. A bit dribbly outside too, yeah. a bit of rain going around, heading for what, a top of 15 today, I think, something yep. along the lines like that. Yep. Uh, let's have a look at what's happening in sport around the world. First of all... Um, you mentioned the Matildas and the Crows clash off mm. the top. So um, SEN today will be taking the Matildas game live here on SENSA. You can still listen to the Crows line, lines on our app yep. by SEN Fanatic. So Crows Nation will still be broadcasting that game. But what a world we live in now. And who would have thought, go back six months ago, yeah. who would have thought that the Matildas – would have outranked an AFL premiership match for premiership points on SEN. Yeah. That's, that's how much beloved this team has become, Bryce. Yep. Well, it's, I think it's, it's how it should be. Yeah, played, it's fantastic. Especially in a, in a competition like this, uh, a World Cup on our home soil. It, mm. it makes sense to me. Yep. Hottest ticket in town. Uh, speaking of the world game, that's where we're going to start because uh, Tottenham Hotspur... And Ange Postacoglu will be taking every one of their matches on SEN. Yep. Um, so you can listen to that throughout the EPL season. Can't believe the EPL season is on us. It looks as though it's confirmed now. Star striker Harry Kane is off to Bayern Munich. It's imminent. A £120 a million pounds oh. sterling deal. That's $234 million Australian, if you don't mind. That had me thinking of the Dr. Evil 
$1 million. But that's actually a little bit more than that. That is a lot of clams. And uh, Ange is certainly playing in the big leagues now. So we'll be following his Tottenham Hotspur yeah. all season long. And uh, I'm, out, I'm without a team in the Premier League, Bryce. So... Uh, Leeds United, of course, they're back in what the other Division One or Division Two, or whatever it is. So who do I barrack for? We'll we'll have mm. you on board the uh, Liverpool yep. train. They need to bounce back yep. this year. And I'm going to get on board with Ange. I reckon it actually Tottenham. it actually started last night. Jace Man City started their title defence against Burnley. They uh, took care of them three nil. Surprise, mm. surprise! Erling Haaland scored a brace. I knew and, you'd be uh, all over this. Roddy kicked a goal right. as well. So. Uh, he started where he left off last season. He's going to break all sorts of records if he continues in this fashion over yeah. the next few years. But, uh, man, Chester City, three new winners over Burnley overnight, Jace. You're a big EPL man, Bryce Gibbs. My question to you before we move on is how good are you at FIFA? No, nah, I was terrible. No good? Always Not terrible. a gamer? No, nah, I'd have the controller nearly getting thrown through the TV at, yeah. at different stages. Tommy Lyon, were you a FIFA guy? Or? Was I a FIFA gynecologist? <laughs> kind of guy. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, oh, I did a couple of years when I was in primary school. Enjoyed the very one of the very first editions of FIFA. Um, that one and Tony Hawk skateboarding. That, that was sort of as far as my gaming went. And then I was more of a an outdoors kid. Tony Hawk skateboarding on PlayStation 1. I'm glad yeah. you mentioned that. Uh, well, I'll move on and get back to what I'm supposed to be doing. Uh, Collingwood fans, don't stress out. Darcy Moore should be back before the end of the home and away season. They're okay. calling it awareness. That was a hammy. I don't care what you say. That was a genuine hammy, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, I haven't seen the scans, but you'd think he'd miss... The rest of the home and away season. 28 days until the first final. I'm reliably right. informed because of the break. So, so it's an um, interesting predicament for Collingwood because they've got Dacos, uh, Darcy Moore, and who else? Someone else. Um, but they, they're going to be coming in as they're well into the finals. Yeah, I don't think it'll bother Darcy Moore. I think the one that will um, impact the most is probably Dacos, just yeah. given his role. But um, how good is Darcy Moore as a leader? Like... If you watched the vision last night mm. uh, of Darcy Moore at the end of the game, you would not have known that the bloke has gone down with an injury three weeks before a finals campaign. He was cheering the crowd, patting his teammates on the back. Um, he was and is the best leader in the AFL right yeah, now. Yeah, he's, uh, he's definitely grown into that role. And I think the first time a lot of people took notice was his Anzac Day post-game yeah. speech where he was just so calmly included everyone in that. And, um, yeah, he's, he's a good captain. He's class. Uh, moving to the world of uh, golf for a moment, Minji Lee, she is hunting the hunter at the Women's British Open mm. at the moment. Five shots back from Mississippi's Ali Ewing. I think I've got that right. <laughs> Ewing? Ali Ewing? Ewing. I'll yep. try again. Um, never heard of Ali, and uh, she is ranked in the mid-200s in the world. So she's a bolter, much like the winner of the British Open men's <laughs> was earlier in the year, and they find themselves in similar positions. Nick Kyrgios is pulled out of the US Open. That means that he will go through this year having played just the one match on tour. What so, is going on with that bloke? Knee, again. Yeah. So I, it might it may well be the end of his career. It's, uh, sad. Right. it's sad, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I reckon last year that was nearly the penny was just starting to drop. Nearly yes. his best year yeah. on tour, obviously making Wimbledon final. I think he did last and year, and he was the best ticket. You know, everyone wanted to see him. Yeah, he was. Yeah. So it's, it's it is a real shame that it, it seemed like the penny had kind of dropped to a point. Um, you know, Wimbledon final and 
but he just can't get back out on the park at the moment. He's had a couple of tries, but yeah. hopefully next year we'll see what happens. But um, And that is it in the world of sport at the moment. Of course, we're all waiting for the Matildas game today, yeah. 4 o'clock. Listen to it here live on SEN. Hey, before we uh, get to our big, big Crows and Port Adelaide previews of their games, we've got the news before that, but I'll, I'll get your thoughts, guys, on this. So West Coast came up against... Uh, was at Essendon last week and fell over at the last hurdle, losing by a solitary point. And Kane Corns and Nathan Buckley sort of had some questions. If West Coast didn't have a loose player behind the ball with a minute to go in that game against Essendon, does that say anything about their willingness to win that game of footy? Are you saying they didn't try everything to win? Well, what percentage of occasions would you expect that if a team was less than a goal up with less than a minute to play, that they would have more players behind the ball than they would in front of the ball. It is a, an interesting point, and we come to this time of year, every year where I'd say a lot of West Coast fans would have been going to that game hoping that they wouldn't win because what's on the table for them? The, the carrot of a, a number one draft pick. Well, Do you think there needs to be a, a change, Gibber? Would they, though? I think some smart fa- fans fans would want to go hoping that they're going to lose because uh, so they can get a higher draft pick. Well, some some fans definitely would be. I thinking reckon that those way. sort of fans wouldn't be turning up. Yeah, the, in the current state that they're in at the moment, I think the the real fans that are in them one hundred and ten percent, those are the fans that would be at the game. Yeah. I just don't get the fuss around this, and I never have. Um, Bryce, you were a former number one pick, so. Look, help me out with this. It, just because you get pick one does not guarantee that you're going to pick a superstar of your club. What's the difference between pick one and pick well, two? Well, that's in hindsight. Well, you're getting access to one of the two best players in the competition. Yeah. And you might get a win that just nourishes the, the group a little bit over. over. Like, I can't imagine, to be honest, Trevor Nisbet come out through the week and just shot it down and said it absolute mm. rot. Um, and I tend to believe him. I mean... Would they have cared if they'd won or lost in the coach's box? Probably not. Uh, they would have been happy with the effort at that point, I guess. But you tell me that the players on the field, and Bryce, you've been one of them, would have actually been thinking in the last minute of that game, geez, we better not lose so that we can get the number one pick. Well, well, we better I, lose so we can get the number one pick. Well, I actually played in a game. The Cruiser yeah. Cup? The Matt Cruiser <laughs> Cup. Yeah. Uh, it was Carlton, Melbourne, round 22 of the 2007 season. Mm. And, like, you're right. You don't go out there thinking we're going to lose this game. As players, we were, we were trying to win. Now, there was a, a couple of things that went <laughs> on in that game which, you know, as Bucks mentioned, it's would you do things differently if you were vying for a, a top eight Probably. position? Probably. I think Travis Johnson played off halfback that day for Melbourne, had 45 touches and... No one seemed to go near him all day. So some things like that. If he had 25 touches to halftime, would you put more time into him if you were vying for a spot? Absolutely, you probably would. Those sort of decisions didn't happen. Now, I'm not accusing the club or the coaches or whoever else was involved at the time of of tanking and making decisions like that. But those dead rubber games that Mm. don't mean much, yeah, it it does, does ask the question. I think when it comes to this West Coast scenario, excuse me, it's not just the number one pick. It's what because they can do a lot of things with that number one pick and turn it into possibly three first rounders. And 
Harley Reid is, of course, the name that comes up for pick one this year. But in hindsight, every single year, you look at the draft every year that goes by, the pick number one is not usually the best player from the draft. It, it usually ends up in the top five picks. There's there's a few there. So anyway, it's an interesting discussion. I'll leave you with this. The They have the NBA system has a bit of a lottery system. And uh, Mitch Cleary was talking during the week of possibly having that idea for the bottom four of our AFL system. Bottom four teams go into a lottery. There's 100 balls. Yep. The team that finishes last has 60 balls. So you're a 60% chance of getting the first pick if you finish last. Yep. Then you just work back from there. It goes like 25, 10, and 5. Would you be a fan of that, Gibber? I'd have to probably look into it a little bit more, Tom, <laughs> than to, to make a call on it just yeah. basically on the basis of hearing that. And, look, it does work in the States and, mm. and other codes. Would it work for AFL? Or, or, I'm not sure. I'd, I'd, mm. have to, I'd have to probably look into it a little bit more, to be honest. Okay. A hundred balls for four picks. It's a little bit over the top, isn't it? Why can you just do it with ten? Yeah, I guess so. That would make it very interesting. Anyway, it's a thorough discussion that's being had because it pops up every time this year that uh, number one pick becoming a carrot um, and not a deterrent for people to finish last. It's four minutes past ten. We're going to preview our big uh, Crows Brisbane and Port Adelaide GWS games up next. City discount tyres. Buy three, get one free on the popular Falcon Wild Peak AT3W all-terrain tyre. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Good morning. Hopefully you're having a lovely morning, whatever you're up to, and looking forward to a massive round of football and our beloved Matildas later on today. Simultaneous to the Matildas telecast is going to be Adelaide playing Brisbane. Maybe, maybe a few of those Brisbane diehard fans will be drawn away to watching the Matildas around the corner there, but... It's a big game for the Crows, probably a must-win if they want to shore up a final spot for themselves. Some ins and outs here. Luke Pedler comes into the side. Chase Jones is, of course, injured, and Josh Rochelle omitted down to become the sub for this game. Oscar McInerney coming in for the Lions. Darcy Ford omitted. Jasper Fletcher omitted. Now, Bryce, what do you think of uh, Josh Rochelle coming down to the sub role? Interesting. Tom, yes. he's uh, obviously out of form uh, at the moment. Is Joshua Shelley had a couple of quiet weeks, but yep. I do you reckon that I'm not sure it's the right role for him this week? I mean, yeah. it's going to be probably, I mean, there's still a finals chance. So that's probably why the reason why that they're keeping him in, mm. in, in the team in contention to, to play some footy this week, because once they lose the finals, probably done and dusted for yep. them, but just sort of the form he's in, um, he probably needs to go back to the sandful for a couple of weeks to to get it, you know, twenty twenty five touches, get on the on the ball a lot, and uh, and get his confidence back that way. Yeah, I can see um, the Crows using him as that sort of spark player to uh, to ignite them if um, they want to, you know, get get something going in the third quarter. Pop Joshua Shelley into the uh, middle of the ground and try and you know spark something. So. But he is out of touch, as you say. So, yeah, probably needs a, a bit of a run in the SANFL. It's a big task ahead for Borlace and Keane to be on Joe Danaher and Eric Kipwood. This will probably be 
a big test for them. Yeah, it certainly will be. And what Borlase did last week in, in his debut game was was fantastic. Mm. He uh, he had 18 touches, I think, a heap of intercept possessions, and, and really looked comfortable at the level. Played on uh, you know Casbolt, King, these types, and, and no disrespect to to those two players mm. in the Gold Coast Suns. You're right, Joe Danaher, Eric Hipwoods. Uh, a step up and uh, at two power forwards who are playing in a top yeah. four side. So yeah. there's no doubt that it's going to be a massive challenge, Tom. So we'll we'll see how they can handle that. But if Adelaide can keep pressure on the ball uh, and when Brisbane do win it, out of clearances, out of stoppages, if they mm. can force them to to allow them to kick dirty balls, as it's called, jack high, jack high balls that yeah. – Adelaide intercept players can come across so your hinges and your warrels can come and help out your ball laces um, in those moments. That'll certainly help the situation. Yeah. So, and the other, obviously the big matchups as well, happen in the midfield battle. Now Laird, Dawson, Crouch and Sligo up against Dunkley, Neil, Hubert Cluggage, <laughs> Hubert Cluggage. Cluggage. <laughs> uh, and, and Barry, it's going to be a massive contest between those two groups. Yeah, it certainly is. And where Adelaide can get an advantage is in and around mm. the centre bounce because uh, since round 18, the Lions have only scored three points per game from their centre bounce clearances. We all know wow. how important centre bounce clearances are. So yeah. they're not scoring at all whether they win or lose those, those centre bounce clearances. So Adelaide can get an advantage in that space because they have been yeah. poor in that space uh, as I just mentioned, the Brisbane Lions. Yeah, and the Crows since round 18 have scored 21.2% of their intercept possessions. Uh, sorry, scored from 21% of their intercept possessions, the second highest percentage of any team. So that's where Mitch Hinge's job is becoming vital. I'm sure Brisbane would love to have him back. And uh, Josh Worrell and at that backline group really got a massive role to play today. Yeah, and getting it in as you said, intercepting the ball, then getting in into the hands of, of Max Michelini, um, Wayne Malira as well, mm. who then can go and use the ball as he does to create those um, score involvements. But um, yeah, they're just going to be a little bit careful as well out of their back line, I think, Adelaide. Brisbane, once they do lock it in their forward half, they are really good at intercepting the ball back. Uh, really high mm. in, that, in that percentage over the last couple of weeks. So if they can use the ball smartly uh, and chip their way out of, out of the defence rather than just bombing it from uh, from deep in their defensive 50, yeah. allowing Brisbane to get their intercept game going, which we know Harris Andrews is, is an elite player at that as well. Um, I think that'll, that'll help them. On Harris Andrews, would you consider this? Last week it was uh, King for Gold Coast who ran a tagging role on Andrews and sort of picked him up. Whoever Andrews was trying to play on, um, King would go to him and pick him up and sort of try and keep him accountable. Could Adelaide consider doing something like that with a Fogarty or someone to try and impact his influence? I reckon you take him on with, with your inform All-Australian forward, Tex Walker. We right. saw what Tex did to someone like a, a Collingwood captain. Darcy Moore. Darcy Moore, when he played on him, we all (laughs) know what Darcy Moore is capable of in terms of intercepting the ball. Tex, because he's such a smart player, knows the right time to lead up on him when he's going to, we can sense that a Harris Andrew is going to drift off and try and go and intercept the ball. Tex leads up. At that time. Gets used. We know anywhere between 50 to 70 metres, he can kick 
knock mm. them over. So that'll just entice Harris Andrews to stay a lot more accountable on text, okay. which then can create other opportunities and avenues to go for the Crows. The last question for you I have is Charlie Cameron, who's a little bit of a handful. Who gets him? Is it a Smith or a, a Worrell or because he, um, he can launch in the air, but he's very dangerous at ground level? I would probably start the rookie on him, Max Michelini. Yeah. Uh, I okay. think he's had some big jobs this year on small forwards and, and mm. more often than not, he's come through and, and held himself really well in these matchups. So yeah. I'd probably start with him. Brody Smith, one of his good mates, obviously knows how yeah. he plays extremely well. He could be an option. Um, Mitch Hinge is another one who can play tall and small. So if you want to put a bit more body work into him, be a bit more aggressive on him, Mitch Hinge could be an option, mm. but uh, I'd, I'd start Max Michelini on him. I think he can go with him speed-wise and and he's he's in good form himself, Max. So I'd start with him. Yeah, a few options back there. You mentioned Brody Smith. He's gained an average 25 metres per disposal, which is number one of the top 75 ball winners in the AFL. So he's coasting along very nicely. Okay, how do you see this one playing out, Gibber? Is it... Uh, Who's going to win this one? I just think the the Lions, one, are far too superior on their home deck. Mm. And we all know Adelaide's travel record isn't great. So I think yep. just off the basis <laughs> of those two, I'm not saying Adelaide can't win. We, we know they have challenged sides and, and have been really competitive in, in a lot of games this year, probably have exceeded a lot of people's expectations their finals chances are still alive, so that gives them, you know, certainly a lot of motivation leading into mm. this one. But I think Brisbane are just starting to to hum at the right time of year, and and we all know how damaging they are at the Gabba. So I'm going to have to tip the Lions. Yeah, for what it's worth, I see the Lions uh, doing a bit of a number on them today. Mind you, it could could be a close one because the Crows have shown against Melbourne, against Collingwood, against the top sides that they can match it. So hopefully that's the case. Uh, and then you'll have a real decision to make whether to flick over to the Matildas or not. But, Bryce, we've got to get to a break because up next we're going to preview Port Adelaide v GWS, which is just as big a ramifications on the top eight as the Crows-Lions match. It's quarter past ten, top of 14 degrees today, and scattered thunderstorms later on. City Discount Tyres. Buy three, get one free on the popular Falcon Wild Peak AT3W All-Terrain Tyre. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Yes, thanks for joining us today. A massive game coming up tomorrow for Port Adelaide at 4.10 against the Giants. It's going to be uh, a danger game. Could be a banana peel, Bryce. But before we get to that, uh, your old man, Ross Gibbs, has just entered the building and I've met him for the first time. Yeah, he's I've, just wandered off the street, and, uh, walking he's, down the middle of King William Road and he's just, uh, yeah, swanned in. He kind of walked in like he owned the joint. And um, I've got to say, there are some similarities in in just demeanour. <laughs> really? it's, it's like he's he's kind of you, but on... With more, I don't know, sizzle and steroids going on. Yeah, he's he's more of an uh, more of an extrovert. Yeah, than okay. I am, so he's uh, he's more of the loud and proud, and yeah, I'm a bit more of the shy, introvert, subdued type. So yeah, uh, yeah there you go. Ross oh, Gibbs in the go. house, Ross Gibbs and gentlemen, is in the house, and we will not get him on the mic because <laughs> we can't trust what well, will we, come yeah, out of his mouth. Limited time left, and also. <laughs> Your career, you want to maintain it <laughs> yeah. in the media. Um, Bryce, Giants and Power at Adelaide Oval tomorrow. 
this presents as a danger game for me, and I think the Giants are going to come in feeling very confident. I mean, they've beat Adelaide the last several times they've played there. Um, they're a good side, and they're going to come over feeling confident that they can get the W. Well, here. there's just so much on the line for, for both sides, really, mm. Tom. You've got Port Adelaide sitting in fourth position on the ladder now, and you'd think they'd only need to win one more game in the run home to, to, to cement up. that top four spot. But if they lose all of them, they find themselves out of the top four. So that's how, how crazy this competition is this year. And then mm. on the flip side, you've got GWS who uh, have been on such a great winning streak to, to get back into finals contention. They're sitting in eighth position on 44 points. Geelong losing last night helps. Sydney are in the mix still. Um, St Kilda, they're fight like so. They they need to keep winning to to play finals footy. So they're going to come over mm. here, as you said, with a a very good Adelaide Oval record. Um, got a couple of big ins for Port Adelaide though, so they get a couple of handy yeah. troops back. It literally is back in Jeremy Finlayson, Kane Farrell, Lockie Jones, and Miles Bergman. So all those ins are significant for Port Adelaide, which is going to help them in this one. They certainly are massive ins. And I feel as though, uh, just looking at the names on paper here, Port Adelaide need to play as a team, uh, get their team and ball movement game, pressure game going to uh, to counter the Giants' big names like the Toby Greens. And um, Sam Taylor is going to, you know, he's going to do a job on, on one of the Port Tolls. So, and they've got, you know, the inexperienced Aussie Ollie Lord up forward in, in uh, Charlie Dixon's spot. So they, they've really got to bring a whole team game today. So tomorrow, sorry. Yeah, and I think for Port Adelaide, it's going to be their defence that's mm. going to keep them in contention to win this game because uh, since round 18, they've conceded the most scores than any other side ranked last yeah. in the competition. So we all know that they've got stars around the ball and, and Alir Alir is back from uh, concussion and he's intercept game. And we know they've got some, some dangers down forward, Port Adelaide, but once the, the ball is getting out in transition against them at the moment, in the last couple of weeks, they're just allowing teams to score too freely. So yeah. we all know the Giants uh, on the other hand, uh, possessed with a lot of talent. And once they get their running game up and going, mm. they certainly can be very dangerous. Um, so I think it's it's going to start with Port Adelaide's defence. How can they first win the ball and, and keep the ball in their front half? But once the ball, once the opposition win the ball back, can they slow them down? Can they cover the outlets on the on the fat side of the ground? Can they pressure and harass the, the GWS midfield to, to make them turn the ball over? Yeah, meanwhile, the Giants are averaging 55 disposals inside their 50, which is ranked number one in the competition, also ranked number one defensively since round 18, it says here. So uh, Port are going to have their hands full. For you, who picks up bloody Toby Green? Because he's just a massive headache every week. Yeah, it's 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 a tough matchup, and, and he's in in absolutely amazing scintillating form. scintillating form. Do you, do you go with a Ryan Burton? Do you yeah. go with a, a Miles Bergman potentially, who's been spending a bit more time back there? He's back in the side this week. Yeah, um, yeah, it's it's, it's a tricky it's, one. It's a it's a tough one because he play he, he plays a lot taller than he is as well. Absolutely. So if you can stop him, go to the captain. Cut the head off the snake, as they say. Yeah, you'll uh, it'll it'll be it'll be huge for Port Adelaide. But the f- sort of form he's in doesn't matter who's going to him at the moment. He he's getting the job done for his team. You just need to see him within your TV screen, and uh, something's going to happen. Bryce, who's your tip for this one? 
I think the Giants can win this one. Tom. Yeah, I really. Think it's going to be. It's one of the games yeah. of the round for mine, uh, and uh, I'm looking forward to calling it on Port Nation with Kim Dillon and, and David Wildey on Sunday afternoon. But yeah, I think I'm going to tip Giants in in a bit of an upset. I think they'll be slight yeah. outsiders. They are, yeah, because it is here in Adelaide, but. Uh, it's a happy hunting ground for them. They've beaten the Crows out here a number of times in the last couple of years, and they're just they're peaking at the right time of the year as well. Yep. For mine, I think uh, Collingwood got back on the board last night. I, I can see Port uh, putting their foot down with a great team performance on Sunday. So I'm going to go with the pair. Bryce, we've got to get to a break, and then when we come back, we're going to round out our tips for the round. It's currently 25 minutes past 10. City Discount Tyres. Buy three, get one free on the popular Falcon Wild Peak AT3W all-terrain tyre. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Yeah, thanks for joining us this morning. It's been a fun time, Bryce, but it's time for us to go. What's on for you this afternoon? I'm actually going to be running around down at the parade, (laughs) Tom. South Adelaide take on Norwood. So, yeah, it's going to be a little bit of a wet and miserable afternoon, but yeah. uh, no wind from the look looking out the window, which is always handy. I'm happy yeah. if it rains. The wind's the annoying part. So yeah. should be a good game down at the parade. Absolutely. Get on down there if you can. And, Bryce, just a final tip from you. I wanted to get your thoughts on the Carlton-Melbourne game. Yes. Arguably your boys. The round or the game of the round. Yeah. Uh, both sides in good form. I mean, my heart says Carlton, my head says Melbourne, and I'm going to tip with my heart this week, Tom, oh! and I'm going to back the baggers. We'll true, get home. In true enough fashion. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for joining us today and good luck to our beloved Matildas wherever you might be watching them. Drink responsibly. Let's hope they get the W and we can continue this jolly old bandwagon, Bryce Gibbs. Looking forward to it, Tom. I'll be tuning in. Have a nice weekend wherever you are.